Hi, I'm your host, Tom DeSavia. Join me as I interview guests from music and entertainment from around the world about what they're up to right now. Stay tuned, because we're gone in 30 minutes. Hey, it's Tom, and I'd like to welcome Caroline Spence as the inaugural guest on our brand new Gone in 30 Minutes podcast. Caroline, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for being our first guest and sort of uh, going through this experiment with us. You're welcome. <laughs> I can't think of anybody I'd rather have as our first guest on the show. Yeah, I think we can have fun in 30 minutes. We've done it before. We've done it before. We've, yeah. we've had fun in an hour, so we're going to have to. <laughs> I was saying uh, earlier, I, I was thinking about it earlier, and I, I my day job is I do uh, music publishing, Concord Music Publishing, and I believe, Caroline, you were the very first person I signed when I got to the company, so it's only appropriate that you're the first guest on our little talk show. Well, you're my very first publisher, so. Simpatico. It's so special. I remember the, um, I was at home or at work, we're at home now, I was at work at that point in an office and I was talking to John Strong, who's the president of uh, Rounder Records. And I don't remember who it was and I wouldn't name it on Strong and I was like, oh, I heard this songwriter that's really great. And he was like, yeah, listen to this. And he sent me <laughs> and I had one of those like, boing, this is amazing. And it was literally the most probably Hollywood um, cliche of my career where I literally like booked a flight, like emailed you and then booked a flight to Nashville. It was in Nashville two days later and we were talking and was relieved that we got along and that we sort of saw things the same way and had sort of the same record collection. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> and there was a record done. Your record mint, uh, mint condition was finished mm -hmm. and we discovered at that lunch produced by a mutual friend Dan Nobler. Dan Nobler, who didn't know, had, I remember asking me, like, who produced the record? And I met Dan years ago elsewhere and just fell absolutely in love with the record. And then you were set off on this two-year nonstop touring, promoting a record, and nothing really slowed down for you. Mm -mm. And now... <laughs> It slowed down a little bit, huh? <laughs> and now you're writing your first record as a signed artist. Mm -hmm. How yeah. is that? I haven't thought about it that way. That's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Like the, you came to us with, with Min Condition done. Yeah. Um, has this changed your creative process? Kind of is, is that have I just have I just put a horrible thing in your mind now? Like don't be nervous. Oh no, it's already there. Don't worry. Okay. No, it's weird. Um, you know. As you go along in this business, the you, there's just more voices in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of the work is like tuning those people out respectfully mm -hmm. during the creative process. But also it's it's an interesting part because I put out two records, to put them out, two records out independently and recorded three independently to just have so many people to talk to in the process, which is great because it's such an undertaking but also it's it's different when you're in this phase where everything's like about the songs which feels so personal and for me because I write them myself feel very personal so <laughs> you, you you did and, and I actually don't know the answer to this once you signed did you find yourself doing more collaborations or is it about the same as far as co-writing um I think 
probably since I started writing for Concord, definitely more, which is what I wanted. I wanted to be able to, and it's a conversation we had. I wanted to um, write as much as possible. And I didn't want to just write for myself. Cause even as an artist, I've always felt more, the only label I've ever felt really comfortable with is songwriter. So I like to be doing that constantly. And it's nice to not only feel like you have to write one way. I'm going to get back to that, but really you don't feel comfortable with the label singer. I mean, singer's fine. I, I mean, that's the most, yeah. If I had to pick the label that I like, I like songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And has that always been? Yeah. Because I remember remember seeing something, we've never talked about it a year or two ago. You put up an Instagram story, I believe. And it was you as a child, just totally driven to the Beatles. And it was like, and I love that video, and I'd love to implore you maybe to repost it so our viewers. Uh, oh, there's so much of that. <laughs> it, 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 there's that thing, and we've all seen it, uh, watching TV, watching documentaries, whatever. There was a thing that came over your your face. I don't know, how old were you in that video? I mean, I was probably like four. And there's that thing that came over your face, which like, oh, there's no choice here. Mm-hmm. This is... Well- it was just like music to me. Like I always tried to make music like a game or something. It was just like what I wanted to do for fun. And so I never, but I never thought about it being like just me. Like I needed other, I needed songs to be excited about. I needed like a fake guitar. Like it wasn't, it wasn't ever about like me shining. It was like me being able to be inside of music, if that makes sense. So I would like in that video, I was like, playing Beatles like I was pretending to be in the Beatles do you remember that do you actually yeah. remember it happening and yeah do you remember was it do your folks that music was sort of introduced as was it their record collection you were hearing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you was there a moment where you just went I do this or did someone tell you you did that did someone, someone say, told me I think <laughs> yeah I just really I mean it sounds silly but I just really didn't think I was anything special I knew I could do these things as like a skill like I knew I was able to sing like if you needed me in a choir like sure get Caroline she can sing you know but as far as like my like me as an individual being something that's like different enough to stand on its own like I it took me moving to Nashville to figure that out because I started playing my songs out as a way to get my songs out there. And I had to be the one to sing them. And the thing I kept hearing was like about my voice. And I'd never, I'd always been told I had a nice voice, but I didn't think that like in this city where everybody can sing that I didn't expect it to be the thing that people remarked on. So it took me way longer. So do you remember writing your first song? I mean, is it, or was it, or was there a little thing? Were you, were you just singing little songs to yourself your whole life? And at one point, a, yeah, a there's song? on YouTube. I posted one of them, um, age seven. I would, well, my mom got me like a little cassette player, like a little play school one. Right. And, um, I would like record on a cassette the songs I'd like make up off the top of my head. And there's one on my YouTube channel. I have like 10 videos on my YouTube channel. I'm not great at it, but one of them is like seven year old Caroline singing a song called No Boys Allowed. And it's kind of a bop. Like, I'm not going to lie. I might have peaked early. But it's like, that was what I did for fun. (laughs) And this is the joy of live TV. 
we just had a, I just had a call come in, but I got rid of it. We're leaving there. Who cares? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's funny. Like I remember, and I haven't thought about it until just now, but I remember as a kid, and it was the Beatles. I was a Beatles kid too. There we go. All right, it is done. Um, but I remember watching. Um, so I grew up on these Beatles records, and I remember watching Help. We had a VHS. Yes. Oh my gosh. I still like. I know it's not supposed to be my favorite Beatles movie. I had a ruby movie. ring. I ha as like a kid, I had a giant wow. red plastic ring that I would like wear to preschool, and it was like my Ringo ring. Really? Yeah. That was like my favorite movie. And I didn't watch it again until I was like 20 years old. And I was like, this is messed up. Like, it's, it's, it's only for kids or people on lots of drugs. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And just to be clarified, you and I were not kids on lots of drugs. No. Okay. No. But I loved Help. Help was like one of my favorite movies as a kid. It was amazing. And it was like, but it was also the moment I remember. And I remember the exact moment where they're having a performance uh, of it. And I got that what they all did. And for mm -hmm. the first time I went, oh, he's making that sound. He's making that sound. It was the first time I could hear like them make uh, up through the record. I was like, oh, these are the people responsible for making those sounds. And it was because of that movie. Yeah. And that's, I mean, was there a point when you went, I'm a songwriter? Like, w w did you go like, I can do this or was it just, something you were always doing or was there a defining moment where you went I mean I think like I always did it for fun when I was a teenager I think I was falling in love with like more songwriter music and mm -hmm. so I think I was um like recognizing it as like a craft and taking it more seriously and trying to like learn right. um so I was like trying to be a songwriter you know maybe starting at like 14 like trying to be good. Um, and so I think like, you know, I moved to Nashville like quietly. Like I didn't, I was like, I've written a bunch of songs. I'm gonna like spend a year going to shows, meeting people and like writing a bunch in my apartment to figure out if like I can do this, not just for fun. So I think it was like, again, it took me moving here and like going out and seeing shows and meeting people and like, just getting my mind blown over and over again and being like, all right, next one has to be better. Next one has to be better until I wrote a couple where I was like, these are good. Well, I going back, so we got interrupted by the phone call. What was the song you were saying you wrote that was kind of baller? Oh, it, at age seven, it was called No Boys Allowed. What's the chorus? Uh, no boys allowed. Oh no, not in my room. That's like the hook. We're cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> and despite the fact that you sang that under the terms of your publishing deal, we now own that song. Gosh, is that in my admin deal? Oh, no. <laughs> Would, and, and the other thing is uh, you've recently added yourself, to, I'm sure you, you've already to your friends, but to the world, you're an emo kid. Oh, yeah. Was, was that your first when you were a kid? Was it emo? Is that what you really... I mean... Yeah, like when anyone's tried to call me a country artist, I'm like, no, like you've no idea how much Bright Eyes, how much Death Cab, how much Taking Back Sunday this girl has listened to. Like I could never be country. So yeah, I love that stuff. Dashboard Confessional. I made like a collage of Connor <laughs> Oberst. Like, I don't know how much more emo you can get. 
So how do you wind up becoming a, we'll call you a, what do you want? What's your, what's your label? Do I call you I a, don't know. a root? Uh, well, I think Americana is like the catch-all, but again, I'm just like I'm just a songwriter. But definitely, like it leans more towards like I always like the term alt country. I always felt like that was a cool. That was a genre I really liked in high school. I was but anything did, that was alt country. How did you wind up not being an an emo emo kid in your performing life? Did you did you come close to to was was that song? Was that your since you've been gone? Were you almost? <laughs> I love that song too. Okay, sure. Um. Saying that in my high school acapella group, fun fact. Uh, I don't know. I just always, I think the music that like blew my mind were, was like songwriter music. Like I felt like discovering, you know, Lucinda Williams and like those Whiskey Town records and Patty Griffin and stuff like that in high school. I was like, that was the stuff that just like, blew my mind i don't know just the craft of it all and did it did it fully um influence your writing like do you find I mean, I assume so, yeah it was like because i was like you know when you become obsessed with a song you uh especially as a kid when you're like learning guitar and stuff like i learned them on guitar like i remember wanting to learn a laurie mckenna song when i was like mm. 15 and it was in a different tuning and that was dad gad and i learned how to play in dad gad because I wanted to play Beautiful Man by Laurie McKenna. Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm sure it like influenced me. Yeah, it was like all I listened to. And you've gotten a chance to work with Laurie. Yeah, you I got to write with her in the fall. <laughs> I tried to play it cool, but I was like, I literally have this job because I wanted to be like you. <laughs> and I wanted to be like her like back when she was like a singer songwriter. And I remember when Faith Hill recorded uh, her song, Stealing Kisses, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Other people can record your songs that you write as an artist? And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like that was when at first put in my mind, I was like, I want to write something that's good enough that someone else wants to sing it. Who's your, who's your now that we've had Lori, who's your dream collaborators? Do you have a list? I don't know. I probably, I do have a list. I can't think of anything right now, but I mean, she was, definitely on the top of my list just because that was such a like it felt like such a full circle thing for me going from like learning her songs at 15 to being 30 years old <clears throat> and writing a song with her so yeah well I, I kind of want to segue because we're in a pandemic <laughs> we just haven't heard yes and and it's it's one of the things that sort of triggered the idea of doing this show is I've been talking to all the writers I either work with or are friends with and watching the similarities and differences between how they're processing this time and a taking, taking away um, the awfulness of what's happening on, on, a, on a global health level. A lot of people have found the silver lining of this, which is uh, reclaiming, their time, reclaiming relationships, uh, moving in your house and enjoying your house. Uh, how has the creative process been for you through this, this I time? I mean, it's definitely been my saving grace for sure. And I've, <clears throat> I feel like I'm kind of going through like, I don't know, I'm going through like a, like manic creative period right now is really what it feels like to me. I'm excited. I'm excited about writing in a way that I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me, really had the time to even 
get to that level of like engagement mm-hmm. with my like creative self. And also like, you know, the past few years I've, I've just been so involved with other people, like surrounded by other people, whether it's on tour, whether it's signing with the label, whether it's co-writing, publishing, like I feel like I've like, there've been so many other people in my creative life that it's, I think I haven't like relied on myself in the way that I used to only rely on myself. And it's been nice to kind of get back in touch with like a very um, personal creative life. It's been really rewarding. Are you a disciplined writer? Meaning, do you set across like I'm going to write from twelve to three today, or is it just whenever the guitar beckons you? Is it? No, I'm. I wish I was that kind of writer. I think I'm. I would never say disciplined, but I do think that I write. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I write often. I don't know, and I definitely have like been wanting to write often lately. So yeah. While you <laughs> while you're writing, and I know you have a lot of the songs that will make up your next record, Mm -hmm. you still are writing for the next record. Do you find that, that while you're here uh, under the cloud of, of getting ready to record your second major record, major label record that you are writing just for you as an artist now, because, or you just, when you write, is a song always for you coming out during this powder or is it sometimes are you writing a song that that will fly elsewhere? You think? Um, I think, well, lately, I, I would say more times than not, it's finishing an idea that I kind of had started thinking it might end up on my record. But I mean, as you know, I've sent you a couple where I'm like, this is for someone else. Like, what do I do? Um, I always feel like I don't know. I really don't know what's going to go on the next record until we're in the studio, because I usually my program is I give the producer like 30 something songs. And I'll tell them, like, I really love four of these. Like, what do you think about the rest? And then we kind of work together to piece things. But um, that always been the process. Yeah. that I mean, that's been how I've worked because I think because I write often, a lot of these songs like sit with me for a long time and you kind of just lose the ability to like see them and hear them with fresh eyes and ears. Um, I don't feel like that's happened as much with this record just because there's been a lot that's been finished in the last year. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it's worked. You find yourself, and we've talked about this offline, but do you find yourself like getting sick of songs because you've lived with them for so long, even though the world has Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, you'll be on a stage one night and you're playing this song you've been playing for the last four years and all of a sudden like singing a certain line feels different because you're just like in a different place in your life. So yeah, you can, it's just as common to get sick of them as it is to like fall back in love with them. Do you have a, do you have a song when you've written or someone else's that you're like, I will never get sick of. I have so much fun every night singing uh, this song called slow dancer. That's on my second record. That just like, I love singing that song. It's fun to sing. I'm proud of it. I just, that's one that I never really get sick of. Do you have a song for the new record that you know is absolutely going on the record? Mm-hmm. And is it a song you wrote yourself? Is it a co-write? Well, the title, but I might push you for the title. Just the whole video. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple for sure. I mean, yeah. I, the Scale These Walls song is definitely going on the record. Right I sent on. you that one. And that's one I wrote by myself. Right on. And are you, 
like when you are, um, have you collaborated more for this record then than you think what will wind up in this record than you have on past records as far as co-writes? I think potentially, I mean, the most co-writes I've ever had on a record is three. Okay. Um, so there's, Potentially there could be more than usual, which I like, I hate to say it's kind of like a sense of pride that I've like written my records by myself. But I also like, I was going through some stuff in the last year that I has had kept me from writing about certain things. And I think that like, they kind of like slowly creeped into the co-writes in a way where like, I ended up with a song that was like, kind of about what I was going through without me realizing it. So I think co-writing like allowed me to like, express under the guise of like just writing a song for somebody right. you know well, and the co-writing experience can be that intimate and intense where someone could bring something out of you yeah you're totally. writing by the co-write right yeah or there's just the like safety of like having another voice in the room so you don't have to like fully dive into like your stuff it can just be about like the universal experience with that subject you know Right. So I think that's been like the songs that will go on the record are about that our co-writes are about things that I feel connected to. Yeah. Do, do you how and we haven't really even talked about this, but again, going to our quarantine, whatever stage we're in at California and Nashville are actually a pretty similar place uh, where we've been uh, back in and back out of being able to go out into the world. Have you been co-writing? through this process? Not really. I had like a few on the calendar, but like I didn't have anything booked cause I was supposed to be on tour for like two right. months. So I just, I ha I think I did my first co-write in like two and a half months, two days ago. So I've really been writing on my own. Was that, were you able to get together one-on-one -on -one or was mm -hmm. it? it right. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and what, when you, would you do a co-write again? Cause I've been talking to a lot of people about this. It, it, how do you feel about the, like the pen pal way of writing where you're not. In the I same like way. that idea. I've never really gotten to do it. Like from the get go, like I've definitely finished songs that like you started together and then you kind of like send each other your edits back and forth. But that's like kind of how I write with myself. Like I'll like do little chunks and then I come back and then like, so, I mean, I would be down to, I feel like I'd rather do pen pal writing than like zoom co-writes probably. I've found, I, and it's funny, every writer is a fingerprint and every writer is a different way of doing it. But I noticed a lot of writers that uh, either were in bands or just used to be in one-on-one -on -one, uh, did not dig the zoom writing or whatever platform they used, those people gravitated towards a sort of pen pal and really enjoyed it because it was, they liked not looking someone in the eye, not, they were able to take it on whatever path they saw it on and they weren't really directed by the other person. And other people have been completely different and they're yeah. like, I need to look someone in the eye. And so do you think you lean more towards, if you had to say it, would you? So I don't know. I mean, I've. it's so different. Like, I think the Zoom rights that have worked the best for me have more times than not been people I've already written with in person. It's a strange way to meet somebody and I've had success doing it that way, but um, it's just not necessarily the most natural thing to do. Right. Well, I, I found that even in, in my life, I'm, I'm about to sign my first thing with someone that I haven't met, but only in 2d. Mm -hmm. I was really nervous about it, but it turned out like I was so pleasantly surprised that we just 
that connection happened no matter what. I can't wait to have a meal with this person. Yeah. But that that fear had dropped and like, oh, we can do this. And sort of that musical connectivity happened even if it wasn't in 3D, you know? Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was all right. What do you do, uh, we'll wrap it up here, like just because when you do get blocked, what's your process when you get blocked? Do you, um, do you just let it happen? I kind of give it some room because I've I've always been sort of a slow writer, not necessarily slow, but sometimes it takes me 20 minutes and sometimes it takes me two years to finish a song. So a lot of uh, more times than not, I write with a guitar in hand and things will happen at once. But one of the ways I get out of, uh, you know, that is taking the guitar away and just actually writing and like kind of like word vomit and then go in and kind of shape it up and like edit that way. Just right. so you like, get out what's in your head and then you make it good later. And does it ever come out and it's just like, that's done. That baby's yeah, born. Right it now. does. Yeah. <laughs> right, moving into in our last, we only have five more minutes, Caroline. This is oh. going so fast, and I didn't even get to talk to you about that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful record collection behind you. Tyler it's, said, "That's my sweetheart." He said he's going to have to start charging me if I keep having Zoom calls with this in the background. That <laughs> is a background, exactly. Or just make it your face in the background. I'm like, it's our whole living room. Like, I can't I, avoid it. I'm going to send you my record collection so you could use it as your background. Then. You <laughs> okay. All right, so I have, and I'll, I'll discuss it further in another episode. I have Sammy Davis Jr.'s hat here. Okay. Davis had a bunch of questions. It's going to be word association. You answer real fast. All right, we're going to go. Ready? Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Mountain. Why? Uh, no to the plane. Just like absolutely not. Okay. First celebrity, <laughs> first celebrity crush. Who was it? George go. Harrison. George Harrison. Mm -hmm. Still your celebrity crush? Yeah. Good one. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Uh, what was your last Halloween costume, Caroline? Oh, God. I don't remember. I'm always on tour. Okay. What was oh, your I was the emoji girl with a purple sweatshirt, and I just went like that. Oh, there you go. What was your best Halloween costume? I don't know. Too late. I, Have I'm you ever tried to cut your own hair? Yes. How'd it go? Terrible. Have you done it during uh, quarantine? I've thought about it many times. I haven't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you own a bicycle? I don't. You should get a bicycle. I but, should. Yeah. Um, can you pick something up with your toes? Probably. Probably? You've never I, tried? I, I, I have done it, but like right now, probably. Yeah, no, I mean, I could like grab a remote if I needed to. Now you'll never want to touch a remote when you come to my house. But, <laughs> um, what cheers you up, Caroline? What's my what? What cheers you up? What makes you happy? Um, <sighs> flowers? My dog, your dog's, name is, your dog's name is Flowers? <laughs> no, I should have named her that. Um, yeah. uh, if you could travel back in time, what period or year would you go to? Ooh, I would like to see Bruce Springsteen on uh, like the Born to Run era tour. I'd like is to see he, that. Is he one of your big guys? Is he yeah. a huge Springsteen person? Yeah. Right on, what album? My favorite album is actually Tunnel of Love. I think it's his most songwritery album, and I love it. That's that has "If I Should Fall Behind" on it, doesn't it? No, that's Lucky Town. That's Lucky Town. I love that song. It's that a perfect good. song. That's yeah. a, that is a perfect song. Mustard or mayonnaise? Mustard. Good answer. Incorrect. Mayonnaise. No one could ever. So, what's your favorite cartoon of all time? Oh God, it's been <laughs> so long since I watched a cartoon. 
I don't know. I used to love the Rugrats. That was a big part of my childhood. I have a friend who's one of the voices on the Rugrats. I no way. Gray Delisle. Gray Delisle Griffin. I don't know if you know, a fantastic, fantastic singer and one of the uh, main voiceover people out there. Wow. She, she can call my friend's kids sometimes in, in various voices. Me <laughs> Clifford for them if she needs. Um, last song you listened to? Oh, I listened to a song. I was listening to Muna or Muna this morning. They're a pop band. I really like them. Right on? Yeah. What's the most useless talent you have? Knitting. <laughs> What's the last thing you knitted? I can, well, actually, maybe it's not useless. It's just like. What can you knit? I can knit a lot of things, actually. Like, what do you like to knit? What is something? Um, scarves are easy. Blankets take forever, but they're kind of easy. What's quick? A uh, hat. A hat. Can I? Can you make me a hat? Easy. Yeah. Will you commit here on this podcast to making me a hat? Which yeah. I really What's your favorite keep? color? Uh, blue or or an earth tone, a brown or something like got that. It. You Perfect. got it. Um, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? Heck no. What if you flip the chip? Okay, flip the chip. I'm gonna be watching you. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. To flip the chip is what you're saying. Yeah. What fictional character would you like to meet? Jessica Fletcher from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, do you believe in fate? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So. That's nice. What's your middle name? Robertson. Robertson? Yeah, it's my mom's maiden name. How do you spell that? Robertson without the oh, T. Robertson. Okay. Yeah, but no T. They lost yeah, that. And Robertsons. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, what personality trait has gotten you in the most trouble? Uh, being like quick tempered. All right. Last question. What song reminds you the most of your own life? Oh, God. Yeah. Come on, we've all got that song. Um, I can't think. All right, stay tuned next time. <laughs> when I will reveal Caroline's song. We got to get out of here. We're done. Thirty minutes, Caroline. Thank Thirty you. minutes. Thanks, Tom. See you. Take care. Bye, everybody. This show was presented by Craft Recordings. Thanks for joining us for Gone in Thirty Minutes, produced by Laura Sias. I'm your host, Tom, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>